This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. That's the simple math of how you make more money is you understand where it's coming from, you scale that, and you minimize expenses as much as you can. So know your numbers. Hello, everyone. What's up? And welcome to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. You can find me at the Latasha James. And today we're doing a q and I love these videos. I asked you what you wanted to know about freelancing, entrepreneurship, social media, or just me and things in life and in in my business. And here's what you had to say. Also, if you want to take part in these Q and A's, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I already mentioned my username at the Latasha James, but you can find me over there. That's usually where I ask for these questions. So, uh, let's hop into it. First question is an interesting one. Is it necessary to learn video and photo editing skills if going into digital marketing? I think that this, this is a loaded question because a social media manager, is not a video editor or a photographer. And I think it is important that we kind of call that out because you always see, at least on Twitter, like you'll see these kind of nightmare job descriptions, you know, hiring people who are like proficient in every editing program and has a professional camera and, you know, can also answer phones and emails and they label it a social media manager. So we do need to call that out. But at the same time, I also think that we do need to expand our skills to some extent. Let me explain. One, if you're going to start a business and you're going to work with a lot of small business owners, maybe mom and pop type shops, likely they're not going to have a marketing team. It's usually going to be you and the owner and maybe like a couple of employees who handle, you know, customer facing stuff and you. Yeah, you have to have some of those skills if you want to really market yourself as being able to help those small businesses. On the flip side, if you're working with a larger company that has a bigger budget, that has a full-fledged kind of admin office team, a marketing team, you can probably just stick to what you do best, which is usually more marketing, more strategy, you know, maybe advertising, but you're not going to be like in Canva all day creating designs. And then of course there's a middle ground there, which I can probably say, even though my last job, like full-time job was at a fortune 500 company, I feel like we were more in that middle ground area. I wasn't working for like Google or Facebook or something, you know, like these huge companies. So I kind of was having to put on different hats at some times. We did have a creative department, we did have a graphic design team, but you know, if I just needed a quick thing to post on Facebook, I would just do it myself in Canva. If it was a big brand campaign that we're gonna put a lot of paid ad money behind, then the creative team would do it. So it really does depend. I definitely don't think it hurts to get some of these skills, but I also think it's important to be honest about your skill set too. Because for my clients, for example, I would never ever say that I was a photographer, ever, I'm not. I know how to take a photo. I have good quality cameras and equipment and backdrops and stuff if they need some quick stuff for social. But my photos that I take are not gonna be the same level of if they took it to a studio that strictly did brand photography. And so I think it's important that you do set those expectations, saying, hey, yeah, I can do social, you know, I can 
take some stuff for Instagram stories for you. But if you do want to have that like really top notch, top tier, uh, commercial type quality, you're going to want to go with a creative agency who specializes in this tools for content creation, 2021. Uh, this sounds like a video name. Maybe I should do that. But, uh, I, I mean, it was on my computer right now. I use final cut pro for my videos. I use descript for podcasting. I actually have a whole video about how I set up the podcast. So I'll link that and Canva, uh, and, and resources. Like if I need something designed better than what I can do in Canva, I hire a designer to do it. So that's kind of what I've got for that. I think what would be the top five areas a new business owner should focus on? That is so broad. It's really hard to say. Okay. Like the first thing I would probably say is knowing your numbers. You have to understand where your revenue is coming from. You have to have a good revenue model and you have to understand where your expenses are going because that's just how you make more money. Like the, that's the simple math of how you make more money is you understand where it's coming from. You scale that and you eliminate or, you know, minimize expenses as much as you can. So know your numbers and, and start to understand that, <laughs> you know, forecasting, get used to your data, get comfortable digging into those analytics a little bit. I would say number two is probably time management. I think it's easy to feel like there's never enough hours in the day as an entrepreneur, because we always have so many ideas and especially when we're doing it on our own or mostly on our own. I mean, yeah, there's just, there's always something we can be doing. So you have to be able to look at those revenue numbers, like I just said, and say, what can impact this the quickest or the easiest or the best, you know, etc. because you can't do all the things. If I had my way with the year, I would launch like 50 things a year. Cause I just, I love it. It's just so fun. And, and it's cool. Like I enjoy doing that, but I can't, that's not physically possible with a team of my size. And I don't even think if I had a big team, that would be possible. Right? So you have to understand where to use your time the most effectively. Number three, I think like your skill, like your craft, like if you're a social media manager, invest in learning social media management, make sure that you're staying up to date with the industry. If you're a designer, you know, go to design conferences. If you're, you know, a coach, take coaching courses, whatever, like all of those things I think is really important. See, this is where things get a little muddy because I don't know what kind of business you want to create necessarily. But for me and my business, I would say I'm definitely investing in leadership and team work and company culture type stuff. I do want to have a small team. I do have a small team, very small, but I want to make sure that I am being a leader that they enjoy working for and that I am empowering them and investing in their development too, not just in regards to my company, but in regards to them as human beings. And the fifth thing, client acquisition. I always say never really stop prospecting, even though I am currently booked, I'm always showing up on YouTube. You know, I'm always showing up in, in doing talks and conferences and stuff like that. And I think it is really important to always be kind of nurturing that, that wheel, if you will, that, that funnel and making sure that you always have people in the pipeline. Are you getting demotivated lately? I do very often somehow. You're not the only person to say that. And I feel for you and I hope you're doing okay. I definitely, I've been struggling lately. I've been getting a little better over the past couple weeks, I would say, but for a while there, I was in like a really low place. And I heard that from a lot of other people too. I think it's important to acknowledge what we're living through. I mean, every generation and everybody's been through stuff. Don't get me wrong, but like we're living in a very, very abnormal time. And yes, think, and I hope we're kind of on the tail end of it. I actually feel like that's made me 
more emotional because I'm like, okay, like I actually have time to like think about it now. And I have time to kind of like examine what the past year has meant. And it's like making me sad now that I've kind of taken that shield down. Do you know what I mean? And actually gotten in touch with my emotions. It's making me way sadder. And I know you didn't specifically ask about like the state of the world and all this stuff, but I think it weighs on us. And I think as a business owner, it is important to check in with yourself regarding that stuff because it's so easy to just put on a happy face and just keep chugging, you know, just keep trucking on. And it is important to be able to do that, but it also is, you know, nothing is more important than mental health. Like nothing is more important than making sure that you are okay. So yeah, absolutely. And I feel you and I think talk about it. I hope you have a support system. If you don't join Facebook groups, you know, talk to other people in the industry. I have a Facebook group. I have a membership group too, but I'm by no means trying to sell you that. I'm just saying if you have some type of a, even just a free like mastermind kind of let's get together and talk kind of group. I think that really helps just to understand that you're not alone. What advice do you wish you had gotten at the beginning of your social media career? I don't, I mean, I have a lot to say about business and I feel like I've answered this question before specifically about business, which I think I said take breaks or something or like not be so hard on yourself. But as far as social media, maybe just like be less cynical in, in, <laughs> and pay more attention to trends. Like I, I still, I know this is bad, but I just like, I don't like TikTok. You guys, I understand how it works. I study it from a marketing perspective because I have to, but like, I do not go on TikTok. I don't like it. I think it's annoying. I think reels are annoying. No offense. I'm sorry. There are some of you who I follow who do it really well, but like most reels I think are annoying. And I know that that's not good because I think social is so forward. It's, you know, it's so forward moving and thinking. I would tell myself that like, you gotta make yourself look a little silly sometimes and just do the things or at least pay attention to them a little more because it is your job. How do you get potential clients to book a discovery call? I think give value, 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 value. I don't ever really talk about booking calls with me. I don't really sell very often, truthfully, unless it's like a webinar. I get people booking with me because I give value away. I think about what does my ideal client need right now? What are they struggling with? What knowledge can I share with them? I give it to them. I find the appropriate channel, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, podcasting, LinkedIn, uh, whatever else, Twitter. I don't really post business on Twitter, but I give them that. And, and I have my, my funnel set up properly so that when they come and check me out on my website or whatever, they have the option. I actually have this turned off right now cause I am, I'm pretty booked, but I switch out the button on my homepage of my agency website as well. So when I am actively looking for new clients, I will put that first button on the homepage as a book a free call. So you can make it really apparent, like don't hide it from people. That's something I've noticed when I go to hire people is sometimes I'm like, how the heck do I get in touch with this person? So make sure that it's very apparent. That's one tip I'll give you. You can use, even use it as your link in bio and like your Instagram, make sure it's out front and center for people. Favorite view in Detroit. I actually have a video about this. I'll link it. I have a video all about my most Instagram, like favorite spots in Detroit or something. That was a fun video to do. What's your advice re landing pages or sales funnels? This is a tough one again, because it's kind of really general and broad. I mean, I guess I'll say like, maybe I need to do a video or an episode on sales funnels in general, because I think that term has just become such a buzzword. I'm not saying this person doesn't know what what it means, but I think people in general for a long time, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, is this like a tool? Like, do I buy like this particular tool and then create like a sales funnel? But really what a sales funnel is, is I'll show the pyramid, right? People start at the awareness stage 
they don't know who you are yet. And then you slowly qualify them and each tier you're losing people, you know, they move into what consideration and then conversion is all the way at the bottom. You're losing people and funneling people down to, to qualify them. So really what that means is that you need to be nurturing people along that way. So for instance, if I post a video on how to become a social media manager, that's going to attract a lot of people here at the top of my funnel. And over time, I'm going to say, okay, do you want to enter your email for something? Do you want to come to this webinar? Do you want to follow me on social? And slowly I'm going to be finding my people, if you will, and qualifying them to make a sale. I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are on it. I guess I'll have to think about what I can do as far as content to make something helpful, but landing pages, I make them quite simple. I know that like the, the thing to do is to make them 80,000 pages long. But again, I always, for, for everything marketing related, I try to think about what I like as a consumer. I think that's my best advice, honestly, is like, if you find landing pages, you like, if you buy things from people, take screenshots of their landing pages and just study them and figure out what is it about this that I like? Is it the imagery? Is it the testimonials? Is it the copywriting? Is it the length? Is it really short? Is it really long? Then you can kind of pay attention to that for yourself. Also outsource the copywriting. If you're not great at copywriting, I have been outsourcing my landing pages for my courses and it's just been really helpful to get that second pair of eyes and not have to stress out myself about doing it. Okay, here's another personal question, but I like it. It's top five favorite shows or movies. Favorite movie, um, ever, I think is lost in translation. Sofia Coppola favorite show. If I had to pick one, probably of all time would be, I love Lucy, the Mary Tyler Moore show for newer stuff, sex in the city, the L word. I loved, I was like obsessed with that show. What other movies I went to school for film. So I watched like every movie, <laughs> not every movie, but you know, a lot of movies. Oh, I love city of God. I love Maria full of grace. I watch a lot of movies like that that are like quite sad and like depressing. I hope that's a good sampling. I give you like six. That Those are some good ones. I'm sure I'm missing ones that I love. How did you land your first paid client as a freelancer? I have a whole video on that as well, but uh, first, first like really low priced one was $20 a blog post. And I just ran across the ad on LinkedIn or like my college's jobs website. And I applied on Upwork. And then my first kind of longer term social media strategy client, they actually came inbound through YouTube. I had created a review about a similar tool, a similar service as them. And they were like, let's talk. And it turned into a three-year consulting and strategy and management gig. How can we create a social media strategy that actually works for our client when we have no experience? Get experience. That's the only way. I mean, you still can never guarantee that you're going to create something that fully works necessarily. I mean, it's I don't know that that's possible, but that's the only way that you can be sure that you are confident in what you are providing is get experience. Do work at maybe a lower cost. Again, like I said, my first gig was $20 a blog post. This is exactly why I created the social media management accelerator as well, so that people can kind of do a test run with a test client. It's not a real client. It's just kind of, you know, a portfolio thing, but that might help you as well. So class is closed right now, but I'll leave the link to sign up for the emails as soon as they, the doors open again. I think I'm going to open the doors in September. So stay tuned for that. We're also revamping my A Journey Social, my signature online course. So I'll link that down below as well. So get experience, get knowledge. That's really the only way to do it. I want to start offering paid services. What is your top three tips for dealing with payments and rates? 
charge probably a little more than you're comfortable with. <laughs> I think most people, not all, but most people tend to undercharge. I think that your rate should make you a little uncomfortable. Now I'm not saying ask a million dollars cause that would make me very uncomfortable, but I might ask, you know, $500 more or a couple hundred dollars more then makes me fully comfortable because remember that people will always negotiate down, you know, so or not always, but sometimes they're, they're definitely not going to negotiate up. And then I would also say, just understand the value of your time, come up with an hourly rate for in your head. It doesn't necessarily need to be something that you're giving someone and offering someone to charge by the hour, but you should know about how much an hour of your time is worth. Meaning if somebody asked me to do a talk, for example, and they offer me a hundred dollars, unfortunately that doesn't make sense for the business because I could make that doing something else. So you want to understand what that is. Just be firm, like, like have a firm rate, you know, yes, negotiation is a part of business, but don't let people negotiate you down to like nothing. If you say I'm going to charge $1,500 and they come to a thousand, you need to know that you're not going to go any lower than 1200 or 1300 or whatever that number is in your head and be firm about it and be okay with walking away. If you truly believe that the service you're offering is worth what you're asking it's a major red flag if they're going to kind of fight you for that it's going to be a lifetime you know in terms of clients like client lifetime value of fighting about things of you know being negotiated down for everything and there's people who are willing to pay it as long as you're charging market rate you know do research and see what the market is charging so you're not charging something like astronomical do you think too many unqualified people work in social media and digital marketing i feel like i talked about this recently somewhere in a vlog or something first of all who am i to judge that i'll say that i am not like the social media marketing police or anything like that so People can do whatever they want to do. But I will say, especially for like the clients out there who are listening, vet people, you know, don't just hire the first person who says they can give you a shiny object. Vet people, ask them questions, ask them about their experience, read their testimonials and reviews. They might have a portfolio. Make sure to look through that if they send it to you. Like don't just hire people who say, oh yeah, I can get you all these things. Cause there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that out there. Other industries too though. Like I hired a service provider for something that I basically, I feel like kind of got scammed out to be honest. <laughs> like the amount that I paid this person to not do anything was embarrassing. So it's not just in this industry. I think it's a lot of online marketing and online business. I think a lot of people are getting very good at marketing and not very good at the skill itself. I have another episode hopefully coming up about that and just kind of the concept of like, even though things can be easy or to some extent online, you still have to work. Like it's still work. It's not just all, you know, a walk in the park. So anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> Take, take with that answer what you will. Just a couple more questions I think I'm going to answer for today. Best way to find clients other than referrals, cold calls, networking, etc. Inbound marketing. Inbound marketing has been my best converting lead source and my highest quality lead source just because people really get to know me and my business before they even hop on a call. Like they're usually sold by the time they get on the call. There's not much selling I have to do. So again, I always say this doesn't mean you have to start a YouTube channel. It might mean you start a podcast. It might mean you write blogs. It might mean you are able to get your, your website really SEO friendly. So they're stumbling on it. Like there's a lot of different ways that inbound leads can work. I recommend taking HubSpot's 
inbound course if you want to learn more about inbound marketing. So I'd say that. And then I would say probably second for me would be networking groups and stuff like that. You asked about networking specifically during the the state of the world that we're in right now. The cool thing is most of these networking groups are all online now, so they're really easy to join. I was a part of HoneyBooks Upward, which they only offer certain times of the year, but you can check that out, get on the list. I'm sure there's probably a way. That was so valuable to me. Just for the the group that I was a part of was really helpful. I like Tuesdays Together. That's another one that's they have like monthly masterminds and and stuff like that. Creative Mornings is another one. There's a lot, you know, and also like joining a mentors group is really helpful as well. I'm a part of a mastermind that I pay for, pay a, a pretty penny for it actually. And it's super helpful because I get that expertise from my coach who I've been following for years and years in this space. She's somebody who's very aspirational to me. And so it's helpful getting her insight, but also just the community at large. I have a community. It's called the Freelance Friday Club. I will leave a link for that down below. We meet two to three times per month. And then there's also just an open forum where you can post anything you want. And there's often job posts going back and forth on that thread or, um, you know, just kind of being that person in somebody's mind. There's people I'm envisioning their faces right now in the group. And I'm like, oh, that person is amazing at reels. So if I know a client who needs help getting reels created, that's the person I'm going to go to. This person works with the music industry. You know, you just become that go-to person for referrals. The last question is a funny one and I'm just going to humor everyone. This one says, do you think people DM before using Google? And do you find this annoying? (laughs) I love you. You're so sassy and I love it. I know that this was kind of like a joke or a rhetorical question, but I'm going to actually turn this into a teachable moment. I love doing Q and A's. I think they're so fun. Number one, but what I will say is I don't love being Google for people. I don't like it when I don't ask for Q and A questions and people just hop into my DMS or my comment box on YouTube and like talk to me like I am Google or when they shout out requests at me, like I am like a jukebox, like, oh, play this one next. Um, That's just kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I don't think it's very effective. I think it's important to know how to ask questions as well, because like I said, I have a lot of questions. I always say this, I Google a lot of things as an entrepreneur. I ask for a lot of help. I ask experts for, for things all the time. This is a very important part of business, but I don't just go up to people and say, can you help me with my business? Or do you have any advice for business? Like if I had five minutes in a room with Oprah, I would not ask them, do you have any advice for my business? Oprah, how did you become a billionaire? Can you help me with that? <laughs> no, I would say, how did you after proving success for your first year on the Oprah Winfrey show or whatever, first year, second year, whatever it was, how did you then negotiate, renegotiate that contract to reflect the success that you had? Like, do you have any negotiation, contract negotiation tips or something like that? Like something specific. If you're going to ask questions to anybody, that's something that I found to be really helpful is just to ask specific questions and also to Google at first, because what if the answer for that is like so easy and simple that I just wasted my five minutes with Oprah on like a question that, you know what I mean? And obviously I'm nowhere near Oprah level. So I'm not trying to like equate myself with that. I'm just saying, I do think that there is an art to asking questions in a way that 
gets you valuable responses and that doesn't just get you kind of like word stew. Do you know what I mean? All right, everyone. I think that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to leave me a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcasting platforms, tap that follow button. And I hope you enjoyed. Again, follow me on Instagram if you want to take part in these next time. And I will see you very soon. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.